Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Yes, and that, this is this is our wheelhouse. This is our wheelhouse. If we've ever had an episode that is our wheelhouse, it is this. And we're so excited to have our guest as well. I'm so excited. This week we are talking Astrology 101 and how to manifest your dream life, mm. which is really the only thing Natalie and I talk about. We, truly. <laughs> all day, every day. But now we're going to add in our, our own knowledge of our birth charts. Oh, yes. All of that. So and exciting. I'm really excited because our guest, we think we're experts, but she's she's actually an expert. Yeah. Celebrity astrologer. Aliza Kelly. Yes, Aliza Kelly. <laughs> We're going to be talking with her about what is astrology and how does it work if you're someone who's listening who's like, I don't know anything about it. This is it. This mm-hmm. is the episode for mm-hmm. you. We're going to be talking about dating and astrology and if you should be, you know, considering signs certain signs or discrediting certain signs exactly you know what i mean exactly what is your big three a lot Mm -hmm. of people are talking about that right now Mm -hmm. if you don't know what your big three is we'll we'll help you figure it out yep and she also has a new book called this is your destiny i'm so okay here's the thing the thing oh you're also wearing a moon necklace your moon necklace oh my gosh i am wearing a moon necklace. and you're wearing your like egyptian necklace there's a lot wow oh my god my nails also kind of are oh you're we are i'm on (laughs) brand today But yeah, your astrological chart really kind of is like a map of your destiny in some people's eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Including myself. Oh, and and myself. Yes. Yep. But first we have some housekeeping, Nat. Yes, we have some housekeeping. We have a new mailing list. We have a new uh, email newsletter. Which comes is out once so a week. so fun. It's the most fun you've ever had in your life. In your whole life. Yeah. It's a little recap. It's a little cutie pie picture of whoever our guest is, if we have one. And then, like, we're going to try to throw in fun things. Maybe at the end of every episode, we'll be like, and then in the newsletter, we're going to put this Mm -hmm, in. mm -hmm. So we'll think of something. A couple weeks ago, we threw in... um, We had pictures of Timothée Chalamet. mm -hmm, Timothée. Timothée. Jason Momoa and Isaac... Uh, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Yes, just at the end there, a little sprinkle of fun. Yeah, it's once a week thing, guys. We're not going to spam you. We would never do that. I hate... Spam. I hate spam. I hate it so Especially much. Especially this time of year. Everyone's hitting you with those like deals. I love your deals, deals. Oh, but like you. I feel like there's mailing lists I did not know I was on Constant. that have now messaged me. Constantly too. It's like twice a day. Yeah. Like did you shop this? No. Lamps plus. Get out oh, of my get, get out. out of my inbox, Lamps Plus. Get I bought out. one lamp one time. And they're like, hello, hello. It's like leave me. We alone. miss you. I'm like, no, you don't. Lamps I don't plus. miss you. <laughs> Aren't lamps supposed to last a lifetime? Why are you calling me? <laughs> Point being is, go to our website, amidoingthisrightpod.com, and sign up for our mailing list because it's actually fun. It's actually fun and informative. Informative. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into the wine, yeah. Nat. What are we drinking this epi? We are drinking the Early Mountain Rise 2017. I think it's just a red blend. Ooh. Interesting, though. It's from Virginia. That is interesting. Isn't I did that? not know they had like a Mediterranean landscape. I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're just gonna let's find let's try out. it out. We're just gonna find out. 
You know what's not going to help me in the tasting is the coffee that I'm drinking. Oh, I was just thinking the fact that I shoved a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my mouth in about 30 seconds. Before we did this? Yes. So our whole podcast community, I feel like people have been on this coffee journey with me. Uh And I wanted to come on here and do something public. Okay. And publicly say I have a problem. Okay. I have a problem. You're outing your shadow today. So <laughs> I, I have a coffee bean. Coffee next to me. Coffee bean is the best. And I was driving here, Natalie, and I was so panicked I wasn't going to have enough time to get coffee that I thought, I'll be late. Did I you have care. a coffee this morning nope. yet? Nope. And so I thought, well, I have one glass. No, but I cup. felt out of control. I thought, I'm willing to risk my job. I will be late <laughs> before I show up without a coffee. And I was like, Corinne, this feels unhinged. And I just, I need everybody to know that this is what's happening. It's kind of like a toxic relationship. We're going to keep where it's tabs like, on it. Well, it's like, I'm aware and like, I don't need other people to tell me. And like, yeah. I'll break up with the relationship when I'm ready. Right. And it's a new relationship. You're still figuring it out. It feels, I can feel it creeping in where I, I was driving and I was I had cold sweats. Because I thought, I'm not going to be, I don't have enough time <laughs> to get my coffee. What am I going to do? I don't even need no, it. No, but people's lives literally revolve around their I coffee. I don't want to be you're not, you're not out of the ordinary. I don't want to You know what I mean? I don't want to be that. Anyways. Maybe maybe coffee addiction, addiction's in your chart. Yes, I'm really excited to ask her. But first, let's talk about why we chose this topic to begin with. Besides, I mean, like, like we just said, we are huge astrology fans. And we yes. have been since we were teenagers. And we have found it to be a really interesting tool that has made a lot of our personality traits check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also think that it has a bad rap for being like out there or like weird or like woo-woo. Yes. When in reality, it can be very practical. In fact, actually, this is something that you found that I thought that was so cool. Nancy and Ronald Reagan used astrology when they were in the White House. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's said that the pair used daily astrological charts and even prior to President Reagan's attempted assassination, it was reported that an astrologer warned Nancy about something happening on the very day that he was shot. <gasps> Isn't that insane? That's like and the freaky. other thing is that they had to keep it on the DL. They couldn't oh, because tell. It, because it was woo-woo. Yes, because they were like, oh, these people, you know. I love that for them. They were a Hollywood couple, so hey, makes hey, sense. Yeah, 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 that does make sense. But it, yeah, it's said that many of Reagan's political decisions were said to be timed astrologically, despite his denial of the use of astrology. Very fascinating. Yes. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I'm very interested in our guest. Nat, should you introduce yes. her? Yes. Okay, so... Aliza Kelly. She is a celebrity astrologer, columnist, author, and host. And she's been featured in the New York Times, the New Yorker, Vogue, The Cut, and many other publications. Author of three books. Three. The big three. The Mixology of Astrology, Cosmic Cocktail Recipes for Every Sign. Whoa. Starring Cosmic Cocktails. Stop there. (laughs) Starring You, A Guided Journey Through Astrology. And her newest book, This Is Your Destiny, Using Astrology to Manifest Your Best Life, which just came out in September. You can also see her guest appearances on shows like The Drew Barrymore Show and The Today Show. She's also the resident astrologer of Cosmo and hosts a weekly astrology podcast called Stars Like Us. She has an online community called The Constellation Club and is currently collaborating with People Magazine on the television show Celebrity Astrology Investigation. 
investigation. Yeah, so I actually watched last night. She has one on, on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And she was like, these two are like astrologically destined for each other. Oh my God. And she like explained their whole chart and like their whole lives and like all the transits and things that I don't understand. It was so interesting. Oh my God. Well, we have to bring her on. Let's bring Let's on, on. Eliza. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. We are so excited. We were saying in the intro, like, we're so into astrology, but not like we're, I mean, you're probably more well-versed than I am, but like, I still have a lot to learn. And yes. So we're excited to have you on as like an expert. A true expert. (laughs) Well, I am very excited to be here. I'm excited that you guys are going to be able to recommend different red blends. Yeah, I'm always looking for expertise when it comes to vino and yeah. being intoxicated. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have that book about cocktails for your sign, right? I do yeah, yeah, so, straight from the heart. Yes, we love it. Well, first and foremost, and we'll explain this later for listeners that don't know. But what is your big three? Yeah, we need to know who we're, who are we talking to right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. So I'm tortured with this question all the time of like, guess, but I would actually, if you guys don't mind, I would be curious as to what you would guess if you really genuinely don't know. Do you know at all? I don't know, but I would say for the rising sign, because your hair's all big and you're all fabulous, I would say like a Leo Leo. rising, perhaps. Okay. I don't know because I I don't know. I, I'm not um, good at it. I know, but we it's funny because we were going to do one of our questions. We were like, should we have her like guess ours? And then I was like, no, I don't want to put her on the spot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. People ask me this all the time and I'm always like, this is not how astrology really works. So I yeah. just to throw it back at you guys is like true, like torturous delight for me. Um, I'm a Leo sun. So you okay, are there you on, go, right on Leo. Okay. I'm a Leo sun with a Capricorn rising and oh, a Pisces moon. Oh, oh, you're Pisces I'm moon. Pisces rising. Oh, oh rising. Cool. Pisces rising. And then what, I'm Pisces rising, Aquarius sun, and then Aries moon. Yeah. I'm also Aries moon, but I'm a Sagittarius sun, Gemini rising. So this eclipse, I'm prepared. <laughs> for this upcoming eclipse. But basically our podcast is like a how-to podcast or like a one-on-one podcast. And so we wanted to make this episode for people. Like we're pretty well-versed in the very basics of astrology. But for somebody who's listening who has no idea like what is astrology or is kind of like, eh, I don't know about all that. Can you explain like what it is and how do the stars and the planets affect our personality? Also like sometimes the way we look. And like our wants and our desires, like how does that all come into play? And like the question is, what is astrology? <laughs> what is sure. it? Yes, yes. Love it. <laughs> Great question. So astrology is the interpretive understanding of the cosmos. And it the reason that I say interpretive is because it is something that is very ancient. It is something that is very studied through millennia. But it is also something that is poetry. It is an art form. It is a practice. I love astrology because it is an exercise in self-love. 
It's an exercise in learning about people and understanding the way that the world works and really visualizing and creating language around the fact that each person is so very different, but at the same time, we are also very connected. And the interplay of that is where astrology comes in. So I think that astrology in a lot of ways is a, is a language of self-actualization. It's a language in empathy. It's a language in compassion, but it is, you know, technically we're looking at the position of the planets and the segmented sky in the 12 zodiac signs in order to create that methodology and understanding. Is it fair to say, because when I was growing up, my, my father's actually pretty into astrology. And when I was younger, he was explaining this to me as to like why he like believes in it or like bought into it. He was like, well, like when you think about the moon and how powerful it is and how it creates tides and how based on like where the sun is positioned, like bears go into hibernation and like there's so many of these actions and phenomenons that happen just according to where in the sky the moon and the sun and the stars are. So how could we think that we're not affected by that? Is that like a fair way of saying it to someone maybe who's like a little not receptive to what astrology is? Absolutely. You know, I think that the moon, which is the closest celestial body to earth, we see how strong of an effect it has on our oceans, on our behavior on gravity, the same with the sun, which is not a planet in astronomy, but in astrology is, you know, one of these celestial bodies that has a lot of significance and a lot of value in somebody's astrological profile based on where the sun was at the time that you were born. And we know that none of us would exist if it wasn't for the sun as the center of our solar system. And then we know that all of the planets through gravity are being pulled towards the sun. And then when we assign these different correspondences between what the planets are and what they signify in our own existence, we have this poetic understanding of how we are sort of microcosms of the universe itself. And I think to me, that is one of the most valuable aspects of astrology, which that's a bad astrology pun because aspects are a thing in astrology, but <laughs> hey, alas, I think that one of the most valuable things is really allowing us to sort of note where the correspondences exist, you know, like the moon, like the sun, but then also to allow lots of storytelling and interpretation. And that's what makes astrology an art, you know, that's what yeah. makes it something that isn't a quantitative science, but that puts it into the, you know, the humanities category, the arts category, the spirituality category, and all of those spaces where it's like, but is it this, can it be real? It's like, well, when you're in poetry, when you're looking, when you're at a museum, you're not saying like, oh, well, that doesn't look like a person. So it's not a beautiful painting. It's like, no, it's abstract art done by the most done by Picasso. Like, of yeah. course mm -hmm. it doesn't, but that doesn't make it invaluable. That's just a different way of approaching understanding the psyche and understanding the human condition and seeing the world. Yeah. How did you get into it in the first place? Like, how did you, what was your beginning journey on it? Well, there's like the long answer. There's the short answer. There's like the mid, <laughs> there's the, there's the answer that's sort of in the middle, which is I, I guess, I guess it was not that much of a stretch for me to get into it because I've always been interested in esoteric things. I, you know, from very young age 
recognized myself as a witch and practiced magic and did all of these cool, interesting things. So then, so I had all of that interest and fascination. And then in my early twenties, I was living in Los Angeles as one does. And (laughs) I found, I was really having a very hard time figuring out what I wanted to do, figuring out who I was dating, like just being myself. And I felt very fragmented and to be quite honest, very concerned about my mental health because I just didn't, wasn't, it wasn't cohesive. And this is when I first was introduced to having a Pisces moon. And it was that, that illuminated so much for me. It was so insightful. It was so profound. And it actually was the first time that I felt seen and I felt seen in being complex. I felt seen in being many things simultaneously being comprehensive and being contradictory and from that, I just continued to learn and study. And then we would go into the longer version of this story. But I think that that's the concise one of how it first was came into my orbit, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, you felt understood. And I, I do think that when I read certain attributes of like my placement, it's like, oh, yeah, like, that's why I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Or like someone someone else can write out exactly how I'm feeling and maybe I wasn't able to articulate that or really like define it. But you can, you can, um, yeah. Having an Aries moon sometimes I feel really um, <laughs> like heated and it's like, okay, well, I see where that comes from and I understand, <laughs> I can understand that. We're talking a lot about like we're saying all these signs and like, you know, you have a Pisces moon and I have an, we both have Aries moons and for someone who's listening right now and maybe doesn't know what these signs are or what that even means, this is kind of you, – you might not want to do this and you don't have to, but could you assign like one word that defines each of these signs, each of the 12 signs? I would love to. Okay. Oh, yay. I think that what's really cool about that and what I would love for everyone to take away from this is the fact that one, every sign is a response to the signs that come before and after it, or in the case of Aries, to the absence of something right before it. And everyone has all of the zodiac signs in their chart. So regardless of whether they have a planet in every zodiac sign, your birth chart, which is calculated based on your date, time, and location of birth, is a 360 degree wheel that contains the entire circle of, zodiac actually means circle of tiny animals in Greek. And it contains the entire circle of tiny animals, which is so cute. And (laughs) everyone has that within their own reality. So we can tap into it as needed. So we start with Aries and Aries is about the spark, its momentum, its force, its passion. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that without Aries, we don't have a Zodiac, you know, we need just something to get it started. We need to light the match. Even if we're like, I don't really know why I just did that. It's like, (laughs) okay, someone needed to do it. You know, someone needed to get it going. And then from that, we refine it. We move into Taurus. The keyword for Taurus is, um, sensuality. So this is when we're sort of like, you know, I like to say we light the little flame and then we're looking around and we're being like, oh my gosh, these are such beautiful roses. I love the way that this plate is set up. And that's because now that we have our flame and we can start looking around, we can start appreciating the earth things around us. We can start recognizing how, you know, what we want and what we desire. And we could start sort of assigning value to things as needed. Then we move into Gemini, which is the first air sign. And it's very much about sort of learning, communicating, 
talking, sharing information. If we move through our story of the Zodiac, we go from being like, oh my God, I love wine to Gemini being like, well, what are you drinking? You know, like it's <laughs> that discernment of yeah. wanting to also understand where we are socially in society as well. Then we move on to cancer, which is the first of the water signs. And cancer is very much about safety and security and protection. It is about sensitivities and emotions, but it's the hard shell protecting that little sensitive, softy crap heart. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that that is, you know, protection, home, stability, nurture, comfort are very important for cancer. We move on to Leo. Leo is associated with the spotlight. It's when we, it's the second fire sign. So it's like, we have the match and now we have a bonfire. It's about entertaining. It's about theatricality. It is about sort of, it's the lion. So it's wants to take up space, be very bold, ruled by the sun, the center of the solar system. Every Leo has an ego, the size of the fucking sun. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then we move on to Virgo, which is like, "Ah, Leo, not all of your ideas were very good. Um, You're going to need to pick and choose. Virgo is about systems. It's about organization. It's about structure. It's about coming up with methodologies and practices that are actually going to be sustainable. Health is also another very big Virgo principle. Then we have Libra, which is about balance and harmony, um, partnership, equilibrium, justice. Uh, How are we going to be holding, you know, how do we have multiple sides of a story and how can we talk about all of them equally? Then we have Scorpio, which is the second water sign and it is intensity. It is honesty. It is privacy. It is security with Scorpio sort of like this cancer 2.0. It's like the cancer sort of need to like be sensitive intensifies and dials up with Scorpio. And now we're not just worrying about our feelings. We're also thinking about past, present, and future. We're like trying to collect as much emotional data as we can. We also have a stinger with Scorpio, which means that we could be defensive and offensive, (laughs) as well as just protective. (laughs) Then we move into Sagittarius, which is the last fire sign. And the key words for that are philosophy, discovery, expansion. It is a wildfire. So we have, we're taking that same fire energy, except now we are, we're using acreage to cover a lot of ground. So we want to learn everything. We want to become experts and masters. And we want to really, it's there, there's like a know-it-all nature, which I adore. Um, <laughs> then we move into Capricorn. Capricorn is the last earth sign. And it is very much about scaling. It is about business. It is about you know ambition. It's about climbing the mountain to the top. It's represented by the sea goat. So we have this sort of desire to want to, you know, we have this passion and this drive to want to reach these certain peaks. And that is what we value with the Capricorn energy. Then we move into Aquarius, which is the last of the air signs. And it is very much about humanity. It's about the collective. It's about social groups. It's taking that same sort of air sign spirit, which is in Gemini and Libra, but it's applying it to the macro. So it's saying, okay, well, how does this influence and impact society at large, culture at large, communities at large? So it's really sort of at the same level as the clouds, looking at everything from that bird's eye view. And then finally, we have Pisces, which is the amalgamation of everything. And Pisces is 
emotions, it's depth, it's psychic powers, it's synthesis, it's a spiritual integration. And this is also where we end the Zodiac. And it makes sense that we would end it here because it's like, okay, well, you know, if I, if Pisces is all of the signs that have come before it and it's processing spiritually, all of that, then we know that there's not really anywhere else to go from there. We have to start over again with Aries. Everything you just like, I got that so was much way clarity. better than, than the question I asked, which was like, can you give us one word? And you just like fully went through that in such a clear way. Yes, that made so much sense. Sorry, to that me. was so much longer than just a no, no, that was way better than that. I feel like I just read a book. Yeah. And that was like so detailed and so easy to follow. And I feel like, I mean, like we, I, I feel like I know each sign pretty well, but even just some of the extra elements you added into that was like so enlightening for me. Yeah. I never really considered that they like track you know yeah, like they track sequentially does it make sense that an aquarius and a sagittarius would be best friends yes <laughs> it does because if you think you know first of all both of you are in the last third of the zodiac as your sun signs but then also it's like sagittarius is about the expanse and learning and aquarius is about like big picture how does this relate to society and humanity fire and air are very compatible I just finished watching that <laughs> six-hour Beatles documentary, and I all of them started are, it last night. Yeah, it's they're all of their charts have so much fire, and well, not all of them, but a lot of their charts have so much fire and air in them, and where we see the fire and air is really like where it's compatible. Wow. That this was, is so I'm like, oh my God, that was my so brain. interesting. I know. So going back to the very first question with the big three situation. So that's sun, moon, and your rising sign. Yes. Can you explain what the difference is between those three things? Yes. So your sun represents where the sun was at your exact time of birth. And this shows how you radiate, how you take up space, the way you illuminate. This is very much about like your preferences your personality, the way that you sort of walk in, it's the sun. So it's like, how do you shine? Your rising sign is your perspective on reality. So oftentimes when I was first learning about astrology, and I think this is still the case, but uh, the rising sign was sort of framed as the mask you wear in public. And this is obviously pre-COVID. Yes. Actually yeah. having a mask. I think <laughs> that that's bullshit. I don't think it's a good way of thinking about the rising sign mm. um, because it's not really it's not like you're like, let me slip into my rising in order <laughs> right. to like interface with people. Your rising is what you think the experience on the planet is, you know, it's like how you perceive the world. So obviously your perception of reality is going to inform the way you interface with others, but it is not going, it's not like just a concept. It's really your eyes, you know, it's like, it's your vision. The rising sign is what sign what zodiac sign was coming up on the eastern horizon at your exact time of birth and this is the most sensitive point in astrology it changes every four minutes by degree and it changes zodiac sign every two hours so this is why having an exact time of birth is so important for calculating your big three and then we also have your moon which is your emotional inner world it is what you experience internally so with the sun the sun is like your day-to-day -day activities it's what you can expect going about your business, living your life. And then the moon is sort of the emotional reaction to that, which really mirrors the way that the sun and moon play off each other in the sky as well. Um, the moon is not 
reflecting its own light. It is its light is reflection of the sun. So based on, and it's constantly changing, you know, it's like, sometimes it's invisible. Sometimes it's a full moon. Sometimes it's a crescent. Sometimes it's a quarter. And just like that, our emotions are constantly fluctuating and moving through things. So the moon gives insight as to what's going on on an internal basis. Right. That makes sense. Well, you know, well, my brain also because like- you when you picked up on Leo with her, you were like, oh, I'm, I assume it's your rising because like I feel like we have been taught that that's your mask, and it's like, it's oh, if, like, like if I pick up on something, it's just your rising. But you were actually on, you were on the money, on, the sun. on our sun. It's my sun, right? And it's how I'm coming into the space. Very interesting. So interesting. There's also, you know, talking about birth charts. There's more planets that are involved in, um, you know, making up who you are and how how they affect you. Can you kind of briefly explain what those other planets represent in our chart? Like, I know Jupiter and Venus and Saturn, right? They all have little things. <laughs> so there's there's so many. Everything has a thing. Everything everything has a meaning. Everything symbolizes something in astrology. In addition to the sun and moon and your rising sign, you also have Mercury, Venus, and Mars as your personal planets, which inform your personality. Mercury is the way you communicate. Venus is your values. Mars is the way you take action. And these are very much specific to who you are individually. Then on the other side of the asteroid belt, you have your outer planets, which are called the social planets or the generational planets. And these are planets that are not just specific to your birth chart, but ones that people within the year that you were born or three years that you were born or seven years that you were born or 20 years that you were born are all going to share. And then you move through those experiences together with people in your sort of like astrological cohort, so to speak. So you're growing up, you know, with your peer group. So Jupiter represents the way you expand It's how you, it's also where your luck and abundance are. Saturn is your lessons and your responsibility. And it's how you sort of adult. It's how you come into being. We have Uranus, which is innovation and uh, discovery and progress. We have Neptune, which is dreams and your psyche and your spirituality. And then also your dissociation and your delusion and all of that. And then we have Pluto, which is transformation, really, really deep transformation. And the way that through time you are sort of going through this metamorphosis of your own, you know, what missions you are coming into this world with and how that relates on a generational level. Wow. I'm just like my brain is just like everything she says. I'm like, uh, uh, uh." oh, wow. And I'm thinking about my own chart, too, because I didn't realize that the inner there's like inner planets and outer planets. Mm -hmm. My uh, Mercury and my Venus are both also in Sag. So I'm like, wow, I must be very... You're Sagi. You're Sagalicious. I guess so. One thing that I think you hear a lot with uh, when people talk about astrology is like dating and like, oh, I'll never date a Scorpio or never date this sign, this sign, whatever. I've dated this sign once and I'll never do it again. Do you think that that's fair? Like, do you think we should be considering signs and placements in a dating partner? Or do you think there's like, there are certain signs based off your chart that you should just swear off completely? Or do you think everything's a case-by-case basis and you should give everyone kind of a chance and then see what actually illuminates from them? It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. 
I know the anecdote that men really love to talk about, which is them being on dating app. Like, oh, she's swipe left on me because I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> I truly have never met someone who actually does that. I have never no. met someone who literally was like, I'm not going to continue the conversation with this person because I just found out they were a cancer. You know, yeah, I've right. never met anyone who actually executes that. Right. Which, you know, then it becomes this weird way for men in particular, you know, not to overgeneralize, but to overgeneralize mm -hmm. for another, like being like, oh, astrology, like, woe is me, these astrology chicks who like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what are they all about? It's like, okay, <laughs> no one's actually doing that, first of all. Second of all, we could probably do it a tiny bit more than we do, because the truth is, is that you can't just do it based on sun sign, and you can't be a novice doing it. You do need to have some astrology knowledge under your belt if you were to really do this. But when I was dating people before I met my now fiance, I would always get their birth chart, you know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It wasn't that I would not be with them or wouldn't try it, but I would also be like, good to know, <laughs> you know like good <laughs> to know how this person communicates, good to know how this person expresses themselves. And then when I did finally meet who is now my fiance and the compatibility was so incredible. And I came into our second date being like, listen, guy, you know, let's take a look at this. I know it doesn't mean anything to you, but to me, this is really valuable. Like it obviously tracks. We've been together for five years. So I do think that there is value in compatibility. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's important to know and just understanding your partner, right? And like, like you were saying, and just like understanding what's going on in their inner world or how they respond to things. And yeah, my or like their reactions to things, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've always, I've always done uh, whoever I'm dating's like full chart. It's tough though, because a lot of times guys don't know what time they were born yeah. exactly, and I'm like, no, I need the minute, yeah. okay? And they're like, I don't know. Text your mom, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> a grassroots organization. <laughs> yeah. So beyond birth charts, can you like, can you kind of look at the world around us through an astrological lens, like? For example, could you like make a birth chart for today basically and sort of see what the themes are of the day like as a whole? Like yeah, isn't that a horoscope? That's really how horoscopes work. Okay. Yeah. And then you would sort of apply that to the 12 zodiac signs. You say this is how your, you know, if the if the tone of the day is a Sagittarius sun and a Scorpio moon, which may or may not be exactly what it is at this moment, then, you know, this is how it's going to affect a Sag, or this is how it's going to affect an Aquarius, or this is how it's going to affect a Pisces or what have you. So here's a question that might just be selfish, but we are coming up on 20 and coming up on the Saturn return. Are we supposed to be afraid of this? What is the Saturn return? What is the kind of stigma around it. Yeah, and also when we were researching this question, we typed into some website like when are, when is our Saturn returns? And mine hers lasts like a day. Mine's or, one month. And mine was like 6 months. And I was yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I'm sorry. It's not it, <laughs> That's also I I'm glad that you brought that up because the Saturn return is a time it it is specifically when Saturn in the sky is exactly at the point that it was when you were born. And that takes approximately 29 years. So for some people, Saturn return is, they have this very special experience where there's only going to be one instance of Saturn coming back 
in 29 years and it's just at that degree and it doesn't go retrograde. But for most people, it goes on that point and then it goes retrograde past it again and then it has to go through it again. So it's like, yeah, it's a six month process, six months to a year. And what can I expect? Because not only you have one month, I don't care about you. (laughs) What do I have to expect for these six months of my 29th year? (laughs) Well, the good, the, the reason that you should not bemoan someone who only has one instance of it is that it means that it has to be compact into that one time. Saturn return is going to pack a punch for everyone, regardless of whether it's spread out or it's all contained and consolidated. Saturn return is when you become your own father. It is when you finally, and like, you know, to sort of step out of then that father archetype, it's when you become responsible for your own narrative. And it's when you are then living your life based on who you are, your rules, your perspective, your demands, your ambitions, whatever it is. And all of the things that have defined us leading up to that point, our parents, our siblings, our teachers, our friends, our community begin to sort of like, we we no longer prioritize them on the other side of Saturn return. We still care about them. We still value them, but we're not being defined by them anymore. And it's really the point where we start to learn how and we find the language to define our own experience. So it's really becoming an adult in in astrology. And how I work with clients, when I worked with clients, my clients who are pre-Saturn return, my clients who are post-Saturn return, I spoke to them in totally different ways. You know, you're not going to speak to a baby in the same way you speak to an adult (laughs) person. And before your Saturn return, you're an itty bitty baby. And, you know, it's like, but what does it mean? It, what should I do? What should I, what choice, like, should I date this person? Should I take this job? It's like, no, just to have the experience, you know, like see what happens on the other side of Saturn return. It's a lot, you know, the, the stakes are higher. You can't like just fuck around because this is your life. And what you really learn in Saturn return is time. And Saturn represents time in astrology. So when you have Saturn return, you have sort of gone through enough time to know what matters and what doesn't matter, where you should put your energy and your resources and where it's not worth it. So you have just a different relationship with being a person, being alive, being yourself. Did you have like a standout moment from yours that you would share well, it's really, I, I was writing my first book during my Saturn return, oh, wow. um, which was a process of discipline. You know, it's, it requires an incredible amount of structure and discipline to write a book. And it was felt like a very literal manifestation of my Saturn return, which was like, suddenly I had to become very aware of the fact that like, I didn't have that structure and discipline. And I wasn't, you know, with as goal oriented as my Capricorn rising has always been, it has definitely, it had not, I was not being a good parent to myself through that process. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking care of myself. And then it was during that time. And I'd be like, okay, like if you keep doing this shit, like you are going to die. Like you cannot (laughs) keep staying up to like pulling these all nighters. You're not in college anymore, baby. You know, like uh, it's not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I won't be, I mean, I won't be terrified of my six month stint. No, it's great. It's a very empowering time. Okay. Sounds enlightening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a lot of journaling is ahead for me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Elisa, I'm so excited to be talking to you and I'm so thankful for your time. 
you know, we've been talking about astrology this whole time. I know you have three books and I wanted to ask you, I mean, the answer is going to be all of them, but if you're somebody listening right now and you're an absolute newbie to astrology, which of your books is probably the best to start with? Well, definitely check out the one that just came out. This is your destiny because it is a, it's my whole experience in a book. You know, it's very personal to the work that I've done and to the journey that I've been on as an astrologer, as a practitioner, as a human, but starring you, which is the second book is absolutely like, it's sort of a beginner's guide to astrology. So, you know, buy both. <laughs> yes. them. Get, get, buy the bundle get the bundle <laughs> so in this is your destiny it's all about utilizing astrology to manifest your dreams your best life in what ways have you used astrology to manifest things for yourself everything i mean everything 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 like it's almost i i don't even have a i don't have like a quick answer for you because yeah. everything in my life has been, there's a before and after the mm. before of when, before I started to understand my astrology is that I was living a life that was very much not my truth. The after is continuing to get closer and closer to my truth and working off of being, you know, working, going where the energy flows, you know, like really moving into the spaces that inspire me, that ignite me, that elicit that passion and understanding how, what that feels like is working with my birth chart, working with the transits and just learning, you know, being very present with myself to know what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. I also wonder, um, do you feel like as you get older, you become more like your sun sign? (sighs) I guess TBD, you know, I've Mm. heard that before. I definitely was very Pisces moon as a kid. And I think I still am very, very Pisces moon. I think it depends on your birth chart. I think it depends on maybe your son. Like I also have a very weird relationship with my son because my son is conjunct my self node, which is kind of more advanced astrology, but it's, it sort of signals every, anytime my ego gets out of control, it's like something happens to like humble me. So I've had to really, I'm a very, that's very much informed the way my Leo shows up yeah. and showcases itself. It's not like a typical Leo in that way. So I don't know firsthand. I have seen that, you know, there's also a whole thing called a progress chart, which is the way that your chart unfolds over time. And when I'm working with people in their forties and fifties and sixties, I tend to look at the progress chart as well as their birth chart. Wow. Oh, wow. You really are an expert. I know. It is so fascinating. And I'm so glad that we've been able to talk to you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and spelling this all out for us. And I'm it was enlightening for us. And I'm sure it's so enlightening to our listeners. And we're going to link to your books, your Instagram, everything that you're doing in our show notes so people can find you and connect with you. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you know, what's funny is we didn't mention this at the top, but when we were brainstorming guests and we really wanted to have you on, I had DM'd you. And then I looked and there was a DM from you to me that was like, three months earlier that I had never seen. And it was just like, we were we were like freaking so out. Weird. We were like, oh my God, like I can't believe it. And so anyways, point being is that this was a match made in heaven. This was supposed Destiny. to happen. I like to, I like to say <laughs> this thing that is tank, which means there are no coincidences. So this would count as a tank. 
This is a, a definitely a tang. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great rest of your day, and hopefully we can have you back on sometime. We'd love it. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Wow, she's so knowledgeable. She, I feel like that. I feel like we kept just going. Wow. wow. I know, truly, because she would say it, and then my brain would be like, "Oh my god." This well, one. I got my chart read when I was like. 18 mm -hmm. and I want to do it again because I don't remember anything. You haven't had it read since? No. Oh. Well, I gotta I gotta reach out to the medium man first. Oh, he, did you book with him yet? He sent me his availability and I just need to look at my calendar. For December he did? Yes. Oh, okay, good. So, We've reconnected. Yeah, with my Natalie man. has like a medium man mm -hmm. that she's worked with and spoken to. And so I was trying to reach out to him. Mm -hmm. But I am going to talk to him and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Ooh, I'm so, we were also concerned that maybe he had passed, passed on because um, <laughs> we couldn't get a hold of him, but it turns out he actually did text you back like that day. Oh yeah, I texted him. <laughs> oh no, I had emailed him. He never got back on the email, but he does have three. He has three different emails. E email addresses. Yeah. So I clearly emailed the wrong one. But then I texted him, and then I, I don't know. It got lost, and I was like, "This man's dead." I, I know. thought he's dead. So then I went to text him, and he had responded. I'm not kidding. Like two hours later, and was like, "Hey, yeah, here's my availability." I was gonna tell you, Nat. I think he's dead. I, I was starting to – I was concerned. I was like, if he didn't answer, I feel like he's not around. Because also we should let the people know he is an elderly man. He's not He's not a spring chicken. No, he's you know not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. But anyways, um, <laughs> one, I'm talked with him. I want to talk with Elisa because yes. she's so incredible. And we will link to everything that she's doing in our show notes if you guys want to connect with her. Get her book, This Is Your Destiny. We're getting yeah. it. Yeah. I am definitely manifesting my destiny based on my chart. <laughs> I'm excited to get into it deeper. Yeah. You know? I feel like I need a deeper understanding of everything. Her whole thing, though, with the, like, explaining, also, like, the, the Cancer Scorpio thing, I'm like, oh, my God, duh. Like, a Scorpio is just, like, a Cancer on steroids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, this makes sense. Yep. It does. It really does. But now, should we circle back on this Virginia wine? Yeah. This, uh, what's, it, what's it called? It is the Early Mountain... Rise. Rise. It's a red blend from Virginia, of all places. And should we introduce our hottie? Do you want to introduce her? Oh, my God. I love our hottie. I'm a stan of our hottie. Who doesn't? It is Miss Lady Gaga, Miss Stephanie Germanata. She apparently has her own squad of spiritual advisors who she turns to when planning tours, and she won't do them during Mercury retrogrades. Mm. You know, it's funny. My dad actually is kind of weird about Mercury retrograde. And uh -huh. he – you're not supposed to sign contracts, but, like, he really won't. And he has, like, big, like, multi-million dollar contracts. Right. And he'll be like, no, I'm not signing that. <gasps> Good for him. Yeah. Because guess what? But he's not the hottie. He <laughs> and, and he will never be. He's, no. no. <laughs> but my mom recently – she's moving, so she bought a house during Mercury retrograde. And she knew it. And so she was like, yeah, I, I knew there was going to be problems. Oh, my God. The insulation got, like, rained on. Like, all kinds of stuff went wrong. And she's like, I did this to myself. Well, yeah. There's something to be said. Well, Lady Gaga's doing it right. Yeah. So, one to our hottie, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Um, what are we rating this early mountain rise from Virginia? I'm, I don't not like it. I don't not like it. I don't, I don't love it. It's in the, like, five, six range for me. I'll give it a I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six. Yeah. That's fair. Lady Gaga's a superstar, so it's very hard to Right, right. There's superstar. 
Love that. Get it. <laughs> Get it, guys? Uh, Actually, speaking of star, if I had to, if I don't think I've ever been star struck, but I, I think I would be with Lady Gaga. You know, I met Lady Gaga at the, um, at Miss, uh, when I was Miss Golden Globe. She won the Golden Globe for American Horror Story. <gasps> and yeah. I met her because she accepted her uh, award and I walked her off stage. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she tripped a little bit, which was not on camera. But right. we got her. But she, that was a little. But I think like, I don't know. W- were you like starstruck by her? Um, I don't think if I saw her then, in. Yeah. Not then. Because she, I think really, I, I mean, I, I've always really loved her. But I think after I saw Star is Born, I was like, holy shit. Like she's insane. Yeah. But I think if I saw her like at the at a show or something like that, I wouldn't be. But if I saw her like at a grocery store, I'd be I don't like, think she goes to the grocery store. I know, but if she did, oh, yeah, that right. would be the one instance where I'd be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> that or Paul McCartney, I think. Really? Yeah. Paul McCartney? He's so old. <laughs> He's a beetle. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, a six. A six out of Lady Gaga. (laughs) This is the time of the show where you play a little wrap-up game. And this week we're playing Citizens Arrest. We're arresting something uh, that needs to be arrested. I said I had something, but I'm not sure if I do. So Nat, why don't you go? So I'm going to do a little something interesting here. And I'm going to arrest myself. <gasps> I know. The drama. I know. Why? And here's why. So the other day, it was nighttime. I was coming home. I locked my car. And then I know, you know how sometimes the lights stay on like while you're walking into your mm-hmm. house? So I had never really turned around to look at them. And when I turned around, I realized I'm one of those cars that it looks like your brights are on and you're blinding everybody. You know those cars? You just hate them. Yeah. Were they on though? <sighs> yeah, they were on because they like turn off after like a minute or something. So you had your you had your brights on. No, I had my regular lights on. Oh. But I have those lights that like look like brights. So when you're driving past me, I'm absolutely blinding you. <gasps> oh, you're that person. I'm that person. I didn't know. So I must arrest myself. That's fair. That's fair. And at least you, you can own up to it and that it is, yeah, it's unpleasant. And if you see me on the road, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't control it. Oh, that's the worst. I'm sorry. Well, my citizen's arrest is actually on my mother. Oh. And honestly, on all mothers. Oh. Maybe not yours, but but most mm. mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, My mom's got to get rid of her Facebook account. Oh, my God. The mom's on Facebook. They need to be stopped. They need to be arrested. They need to go to court and go to jail. Yes. 1,000%. Because my mom is on this. If I send this woman a photo, before she responds to me, it's on Facebook first. And then she'll respond like, so cute. But she has to post it. And she's like, my beautiful daughter, can you believe this thing that she – and it's like, it's – very braggy. It's very much so. It's it's like sweet, but also like we can't do this. We can't do this. And I think a lot of moms do this where yeah. their Facebook is their world. Yes. And then – but the, the problem is that they also get their information from Facebook. And it's oh. never accurate. Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother thing. So, yeah. The, the campaign is moms off Facebook. All moms on <laughs> Facebook, you are being arrested. You've been arrested? 
It needs to stop. And the behavior just, needs to it stop. It has to stop. <laughs> and that's a great arrest. Thank you. You know I'm always self-conscious. I'm always I don't know why she is. They're always good. Well, thank you. Well, before we go, guys, don't forget our newsletter. If you guys don't oh, yeah. want to miss an episode, you can go on our website, amrydoingthisrightpod.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's fun. It's flirty. We're doing we're doing cool things. There's going to be a really fun little giphy yeah. in this week's. Yeah. And you, you don't want to miss it, guys. You don't. You if don't. I were you guys, I wouldn't want to miss it. It's a party in your inbox, and that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we love you guys so much, and we'll be back next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.